Hello and welcome to Potlucky, a weed sommelier podcast. My name is Liz and I'm your host and weed sommelier. I review strains, recommend things to munch on, and talk to guests about their history with weed. I've been a consumer for nine years and I am located in southern Maine where it is legal medically and recreationally. I am joined today by Derek, the owner and head cultivator of Symbiotic Cultures in Buxton. Welcome, Derek. Hey, happy to be here. I'm glad I'm glad you're here as well. I happened to pick up one of your nugs um, at a recent independent diamond brokers event, and I, I had the thought that struck me out of the blue. Um, why don't I message these people and see if they want to talk about their weed, um, which seems like a not a buck wild idea, like the, probably the most sensible thing I could have been doing um, instead of just reviewing their weed, and not talking to them. But uh, we're going to we're going to try this uh, and see how it goes. I'm curious about your insights on this week's wheat product, which we will talk about momentarily. Yeah, so Banana Mac, um, it took us quite a while to find this specific cultivar. Um, we were really lacking any sativa dominance in our lineup. And it was really for selfish reasons because I'm such an indica snob. And, you know, getting into the legal industry up here in Maine, you know, I had this realization when people kept asking me for sativas, like, oh, maybe I should, you know, start catering to what my actual customers want. So it was it was a challenging road. We went through so many seed packs trying to find some sativa dominant strains that would sort of fit into our flowering schedule, especially being an indoor grower, you know that power bill really adds up week by week and running some strains that wanted to flower for 10, 12 weeks just wasn't in the budget for us. So we were really blessed when we found this strain. I think we had 18 females that we hunted and it took us a little over a year to finally pick one um, primarily because I'm just incredibly indecisive and optimistic. And I felt like they all had, you know, unique positive qualities so we ended up releasing I think three phenos and let our clients really narrow it down to the one that won which is banana mac number four and that is the sample that you received at the diamond brokers event very cool we will talk about that more in the later half of the show but I forgot to ask you a question do you have any weedy accolades you would like to share and how long have you been a weed consumer? <laughs> I have been a weed consumer for, I think, 12 years now. Um, as far as accolades go, I would just have to say successfully converting my cultivation facility from synthetic fertilizers to organic living soil. And not only not sacrificing yield, but actually seeing our quality increase over time and our overhead go noticeably down. Oh, how does that compute? I'm, I'm very curious how, are the plants just responding better to the, to the nutrients that you're providing as opposed to? Yeah, you know? so, you know, one of the major issues that I was seeing happen a lot was you know, we would run so many different genetics in each room and we were really confined to one specific fertilizer regimen for the whole room. And, and some plants just, you know, they would want more or less of some specific element. And we just, you know, we didn't have the time or ability to really adjust 
our fertigation regimen for each specific cultivar. So this the major benefit of growing in living soil is that there's all this communication going on underground where the plants have much more of an ability to pick and choose what they're consuming. So I started to notice that plants that, you know, might be a little more sensitive to magnesium from this salt regimen are now looking extremely healthy in living soil. Fascinating. I'm it's like I'm trying to put this into words, but it's like, you know, you as opposed to having a drive-through meal of, you know, synthetic nutrients or not synthetic nutrients um like the bagged fertilizer and what have you as opposed to going through like nature's buffet totally yeah it's way it's totally buffet style for sure interesting all right um we mentioned the uh product of the week earlier Uh, i'll say it again now for posterity's sake this is banana mac cultivated by this dude here derek cultivated by me yeah um okay now that we've we've done our our diligence in this spot we're moving immediately on to the munchie moment of the week what do you like to snack on when you have the munchies (laughs) i go through so many different phases of munchies and i basically get really hooked on one thing until i just can't stand it anymore so for the past couple weeks i've really been digging this sunflower butter that has hemp oil in it and pretty much putting it on whatever I can find. Um, Last night was corn chips, and I highly recommend giving that a shot. The other thing about it is that I really only enjoy it when I'm stoned. So it's definitely uh, strictly a munchy food for me. Interesting. I, this doesn't even have to be me being baked. Um, And this is a a trait my family shares with me. Um, We'll get really into one thing, like um, butter. Oh, is that a puppy in the background? Yes, sorry. Oh, I no worries. A few, few dogs here. Uh, My neighbor just popped in. Well, greetings, puppies. Um, <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll just get like really into like tropical fruit for a week, or cooking oyster mushrooms exclusively in butter and salt for a week. Ooh, yes. It generally lasts lasts about a week for me. Like I got super into overnight oats, and I think I began the munchy moment as a way to track what I've been into. Um, you know, for uh, historicity's sake. Um, but this week, I've been really into peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Ex- uh, not explicitly, specifically the kind that have blackberry jam, because um, that's the jam my mom had growing up. And I learned that that was the jam that she had from her mom growing up. So when she calls it mummy's jam, she's not talking about herself. She's talking about her mom, um, which I thought was interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, my mom also would take that blackberry jam and make sugar cookies called, I want to say jammy thumbprints, where you would put your a spoon or your thumb in the middle of the cookie dough, and then you'd leave a little drop of jelly, um, and then it would spread out and look like a, uh, you know, a thumbprint in the middle, and you'd have this, this jam. It was delicious. <laughs> I think I'm going to have That's to bake when I'm done with this. Um, yeah, but that is my recommended bunch for the week, blackberry jam, preferably in a sandwich with peanut butter um yeah, pb and j that's a classic munchie yeah i would say uh pb and bj blackberry jam but that's not quite <laughs> it doesn't have quite the ring to it i'd like it to i get the um, wrong idea yeah all right derek are you ready to do some weed i'm ready all right let's do it
The Maine Women's Cannabis Connection is hosting its first ever Community Field Day event on Thursday, June 30th from 4 to 8 p.m. at Stonehenge in Gray, Maine. Join us for a day of community team building, competition, games and prizes, food trucks, live entertainment, and more. Show that your team is the best in Maine. Come compete in a series of games and relays to see who wins the MWCC Cannabis Cup. There will be both team games and solo games with a point-based system deciding the overall Canna Cup Field Day champion. We are beyond appreciative of the community who has come together to help us throw an amazing event. We will have gift bags available for a $40 donation. A portion of the profits will go towards continuing to support women in the industry and equality in Maine. You can find more information about the event on Instagram in the bio of at Women's Cannabis Connection. I will be there. You could be there. Imagine the possibilities. are back. Derek has a weed word that he would like to share with us. If you or a friend have a word that you think deserves airtime, leave us a message on Anchor. Make sure to include your name, a definition, and its use in a sentence. I guarantee you if you do this, it will be on the show pending absolute foulness. Take it away, Derek. All right, my weed word of the day is symbiotic. Love this word for many reasons, obviously. Picked it as one of the two words for our company. Um, this word denotes a mutually beneficial relationship between different people, groups, also microorganisms. And I just really feel like cannabis has this beautiful ability to bring people together from all walks of life, different cultures, backgrounds, you name it. Um, the industry up here in Maine, I think, is such an incredible example of that. It's just been such a beautiful community to witness from the outside looking in and now being a part of it you know I just couldn't be happier um, you know everyone is just really coming together to fight for proper legislature and making this beautiful medicine available to everybody and it's just it's created such a symbiotic relationship between all of us you know you could have said a symbiotic culture <laughs> yeah yes thank you and then Let's you could have had like a I mic drop that. and whatnot. No, you had to say symbiotic something else. Come on, Derek. I know. Symbiotic culture. That's us. We are the symbiotic culture up here in Maine. Fantastic. So how would you how would you use that in a sentence? Oh, I you know what? I guess you literally just I did. Guess, so I'm yeah. not gonna make you I'm not gonna make you do that again. Um not good enough. No, that, that that's perfectly serviceable. Thank you. Um once again, if you'd like to submit a weed word so far, like maybe one person has done this and I'm dating them, so that doesn't really count. Um, so if, if anyone else would like to submit a weed word, that'd be wonderful. Um, moving on to Puff Pass Peer Review. How are you feeling, Derek? I'm feeling pretty good. We just got back from Acadia. Really good reset for a couple of days. Got some cold air in my lungs. Feeling good. You could have stayed in Maine for that, buddy, but uh, I see what you mean. Was that the National Park? Yeah, yep. Yeah, we were staying right in Bar Harbor. Dope. All right, so moving on to talking about the weed. I liked, man, this is this is kind of intimidating talking to someone directly about what I don't and don't what I do and don't like about their product. Um, I did like that instead of having like a pre-roll container or something that was plastic that you had a glass jar um, because my first thought was, oh yeah, I'm totally going to reuse this. I love that. I'm really glad to hear it. Yeah. So uh, one thought I had about the container is it did say banana Mac, but it, nowhere on the bag did it say um, your 
what do you call it like your logo or your address or your phone number which is something that you know I enjoy if I have questions about weed um but then again I did pick this up in a bag with a brochure as well as another sample of weed which is something I can hardly find in the wild and I do appreciate um yeah so those are those are just little sample jars for the event um our normal like eighth and quarter jars to have you know full branding and contact information on them yeah it did say sample jar on there um which I I definitely appreciate and then again I probably wouldn't have run into this as a consumer I, I go to these events regularly so Mm-hmm. yeah yeah we love our, our our packaging we go through santa and tree hugger for all of our packaging for anyone who is familiar with those companies they all of the plastic that they use is reclaimed ocean plastic and the jars are i believe 60 percent recycled glass and we also use their hemp tubes for our pre-rolls which are recyclable and commercially compostable I love so. things that compost. I'm a, I'm a big fan of composting. Not that I can do it where I live. I, the idea of composting really appeals to me. Totally. Yeah, it's a, it's a big part of our operation up here. Yeah. Oh, I was going to take the, a moment to ask you about your logo. Um, upon viewing, I was like, oh, it's like, um, oh my gosh, let me, let me pull it in front of me so I can do my best. I was just like, oh, cool. It looks like a sun. And then there's SC, which is your initial, obviously initials and then I look closer and it's cannabis leaves um and I I want to say pistols uh waiting to catch pollen and a glorious patch of armpit hair (laughs) yeah so oh man we had quite the adventure trying to pick a logo I'm just the most indecisive person I know for starters and I think I had six different logo designers take a crack at it. And then I ended up just sort of like combining all these different components of all these different logos into one. So I took leaves, I took calyxes and I took roots and sort of made this weird, obscure mandala type situation. And apparently it looks like a sun too. I didn't even think of that, but that's great too. Yeah, um, I wrote down, it looks like some sort of obscure Cthulhu-esque uh, eldritch creature, um, a weed sun. Um, <laughs> yeah, Perfect. I, I appreciate the brochure. Um, I'll try to take a picture of it, but it, you guys have some really good pictures of your, your nugs, especially like showing off the, the shape kind of difference, because some of these lugs are, um, the nug that I received Something that I liked was that it was very 3D and I can contribute that to like good growing and also the jar as opposed to having it like a little baggie, um, which aren't as recyclable. Um, so I appreciate totally. how, uh, yeah. how how sturdy and uh, well-preserved this nug is. Um, all right, moving on to the actual appearance um, and you know my the, the palette-y questions. Um, I thought it was quite crenulous. I, I love looking at weed through my loop um, and this just looked like like um like a the Grand Canyon almost of weed it was very and like in every little crinule and nook there were like you know just like a, a smattering of trichomes with perfectly formed heads um which <laughs> I, I really enjoyed looking at um so there's just something about weed that reminds me of an alien landscape totally. what if what if it's like Horton hears a who but with weed and then you have to make the decision between ending like a, a whole colony and smoking your last weed nug yeah, I mean, hey, I hope that doesn't happen to us. Well, I would hope that I uh, 
would notice it with my loop before and you know if there's a whole colony on there man that's i'm getting way too existential i'm getting into eldritch horror which is what your logo <laughs> reminds me of hey um, shout out to them we appreciate them fantastic um so i'm going to scoot away from that uh upon sniffing um it was a gassy um the rind was one point uh 12 grams which that was a that was a pretty hefty nug i appreciate like the weightiness of it when i picked it up um a tiny bit of orange water like just a, i would say as opposed to some real loud this weed is some real quiet um it wasn't the kind of weed that you would uh you could you could walk through you know your house with that in your pocket as opposed to something that's really quite pungent um and i liked it uh let's see there was a slight purpleness i detected is that something you noticed when harvesting yeah so interestingly interestingly enough this last round our purples really did not express a lot as much as they normally do um there's definitely it's definitely one of those strains where the tops will sort of throw a lot more purple than the lowers do so we get this sort of like imbalanced coloring spread throughout the harvest so it's kind of like luck of the draw whatever you know whatever nug you get it might be varying in color but we do get some some purples that like to pull through and and you know the crevices of the bud i like how it really makes everything else pop but i know it's probably you know just aesthetically pleasing as opposed to like olfactory or uh you know smoking it pleasing yeah it gives it some good depth mm-hmm. yep sure uh, my last notes was uh, it was a tiny bit fruity um, and that it responded well to the old mortar and scissors approach, uh, which is where I take a little ramekin and chop it up with my scissors because I can't be bothered to go get my grinder. Um, and it ground up well using that method. Um, very light taste. Um, once again, floral. Uh, what else? Oh, and so I had a I had a question. It seems like I've been seeing a lot of banana products and also a couple Mac products. Uh, would you say those are popular this season? Or have you noticed any other trends? Uh, in, in my house, they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really know why we ended up with so many Mac crosses, but I'm a huge fan. We're actually about to release a new Mac cross, Mac cross with Mimosa. Um, which I'm very excited about. So uh, shout out to Capulator. I think he's a, a great breeder and I fell in love with Mac years ago and I've just been, you know, checking out his other genetics since whatever I can get my hands on really. And what did you say his name was? Capulator. Capulator. Okay, we'll have to put that in the show notes. Yeah. Um, all right. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about this weed? That's what I noticed. I'm sure it varies from nug to nug and plant for plant. But um, yeah, I think this was probably a solid eight. I appreciate that it wasn't too stinky. Yeah, and it definitely varies in that factor as well. Um, you know, when I'm when I'm harvesting it, it just it smells like banana laffy taffy. Like if I wasn't the grower, I would question the authenticity of these terpenes. <laughs> Uh, it's definitely unlike any terpene profile that I've come across in my growing career. And I also really feel like it tastes like it smells. And that's that's a rarity for me. And I think that that's really what ended up being the deciding factor to keep the specific pheno over all the rest. 
Thank you for sharing that. Um, okay, since you, you since you brought up Laffy Taffy, I'm gonna request one of those jokes that you get on the back um, in honor of this strain. You gotta you gotta tell me one of those uh, one of those jokes on the back of Laffy Taffy. Oh geez, I don't know if I can think of one off the top of my head. They they are like my goodness they're they're great jokes but they're also terrible um <laughs> like one of them is uh, what's the hardest part of the vegetable to eat and the answer is the wheelchair um or something like that and so like people submit these jokes and they it sure seems like sure seems like it yeah <laughs> i got one i got one all right lay it on me yeah what did the eggs say to the frying pan go to shell <laughs> you crack me up oh uh, okay you know what i i'll i'll take that um <laughs> yeah i didn't they're, get they're banana un, they're uncomfortably corny i agree and that corny corny is exactly what i was thinking um yeah. the next joke i had was um what did the lawyer name his daughter and the answer is sue so it's oh, jokes jokes like that yeah all right moving on to blow and smoke the interview portion what was your first experience with weed Oh, um, my first experience with weed, I think I was 15. And a friend of mine bought some some weed off of, I don't even remember who and it came in a little Altoids container. And we had these three tiny nugs. And I had never seen weed before only in like Cheech and Chong and movies. And, uh, you know, I'd only ever seen the movie depiction of just a, a like ground up bag of, of dark green plant matter. I had no idea that it came in these like flower buds. So I was really skeptical as to whether or not it was real or we got ripped off or what the deal was with it. And so he had this little Altoids container with these these three little nuggets in it, and we had one rolling paper that he stole from his dad, and that was <laughs> it. And single rolling paper. That was it. We had one shot at this, and we we didn't know how to roll anything. I didn't know how to use these papers. We were like examining it, like seeing, noticing the gum on it, and you know, I was like, "That's like an envelope. We could figure this out." So. <laughs> we kind of just like put it in the paper and just like smushed it and tried to roll it into a joint and it was just atrocious i mean just air pockets and all lumpy and we managed to to smoke a little bit of it we got a few hits and you know it didn't really work out super well and we went he went back to the dealer and like complained saying that you know you ripped us off whatever yada 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 and and she ended up rolling us a few joints and just giving them to us and, you know, calling us stupid children. And away we went and we, we managed to have a successful joint experience. And it was overwhelming. I had like a full-blown psychedelic experience. I completely blacked out. And when I came to, I was like pretty much hallucinating and I was so hungry for like eight hours, I just ate snacks on my friend's couch and then fell asleep for what felt like a week. It sounds like he got superpowers. I, I really did. Yeah. Like things just everything in the universe just made sense to me in that moment. And then I immediately forgot all of it. Yeah, that's 
an unfortunately what's the opposite of rare common that's an unfortunately common occurrence with me especially when i wake up from a dream i have all the answers and then they slip away yeah i get it now god damn it what what was it yeah it's like oh you finally get it and then uh like the the sand is washed away by your i don't know like uh like drawing in the sand and figuring out like a math equation and then it's gone just uh just watch it go and you can't do anything to stop it there's a Douglas Adams quote that I really enjoy. Uh, he says, "I love the uh, I love deadlines, especially the sound they make as they go whooshing by." <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, um, what does your history of consumption look like? Very inconsistent. Yeah. Um, I definitely I got into it for. Uh, medicinal purposes primarily after after a few sessions the first time I sort of lost interest with it and later in high school started developing some pretty severe gastrointestinal issues and along with that came depression and I that's when I really truly discovered the the medicinal powers of of cannabis you know really really on my own I mean back then you know, the, the medicinal value of it was not talked about, um, you know, especially being a kid still. And yeah, it was just sort of a happy accident that I was able to gain so much relief and um, ease of my discomfort through this, this plant. And I just, just, I fell in love with it. Wonderful. So you're saying you fell in love with the eldritch monstrosity that is your logo. I sure did. Oh, incredible. I love, there's a community in Tum- on Tumblr called Monster Fuckers, people that want to get like with Sasquatch or the Mothman or a vampire. Um, I'm not going to call you a monster fucker, but I just cannot get over your logo, my dude. I'm sorry. I think it's, I think it's <laughs> incredible in the way that I would be terrified if I saw this sun rising over the ocean. I would be oh, awestruck. I, I love that. I take that as a compliment. You should. All right, moving on to uh, a listener's submitted question, or sorry, a, uh, a donor submitted question. You can submit questions like these and others uh, by sponsoring the show. We have a 99 cent option, a 4.99 option, and a 9.99 option. No one on earth has uh, picked that last one yet, but if you do that, I'll give you as many questions as you want. You can <laughs> you can host the show for a day if you do that. Um, but my, my twin sister and best friend, Kate, submitted this question. Uh, what is your favorite dinosaur? favorite dinosaur how do you pick one dart um i i mean i i hate to say it but i think t-rex just for the endless jokes i mean what an odd imbalanced creature it was i got a big head little arms this plan (laughs) doesn't seem very well thought through right that's a scene from uh, meet the robinsons i believe Oh, great. Um, where someone possesses a dinosaur, um, and then he tries to grab them with his little arms, and his big head gets in the way. <laughs> what a movie. Um, I'd be angry, too. Yeah. How has weed changed in your lifetime? Wow. Um, well, I think that the overall quality has tra- changed drastically. Um, and, you know, uh, through cognitive development and you know, growing up through adolescence, I've changed a lot and the way that it uh, affects me has changed a lot. 
but you know, like I said, it's, it's hard to compare the quality today to the, you know, pull out the seeds and stem shit that I was smoking back in high school. Some people are still smoking that, Derek. Well, I hope that, you know, we're doing, we're doing our work and we're slowing down the chances of that happening. Agreed. Alrighty. So more specific questions regarding your business. Let's talk about living soil for those that aren't quite sure what that is. And I'm, I'm not one of those people. I have the pamphlet. Um, would you like to share what goes into living soil? Sure. Yeah. I would love that. Um, yeah, I would, you know, the biggest difference between growing in, in living soil and growing, you know, hydroponically or with any other medium for synthetic fertilization is that, you know, we're not just focusing on the plant. In fact, we're, we're focusing more on the soil. You know, we're, we're cultivating microbes, we're, we're balancing chemicals, and we are just trying to input whatever we can to create the healthiest, most nutrient-dense soil that we possibly can construct. And in turn, the soil returns the favor, feeds the plant, you know, it, it creates an immune system for it and allows us to produce a really healthy and, and clean medicine for our patients. I'm nodding, but you can't see that because my camera's off. Um, <laughs> I'm sweating, but you can't see that because my camera's off. So thank goodness the cameras are off. <laughs> oh my goodness. A car alarm is just starting to go off across the street. I hope people can't hear that. No, I think you're good. How does one create living soil? Um, so the, the way that we engineer living soil is it's fairly similar to native soil. The biggest difference is that we're not using clay. Um, you know, when it comes down to creating a really good living soil, the most important ingredient is your compost. That is where all of your, your life and your carbon, your humic acids, the things that you need to hold on to that food and make it plant available. So like convert it into a form that the plant can actually consume it. So get yourself some really good compost or make it yourself and make sure it's from a trustworthy source. Do you make your own? I do. Do you want yeah, to share some of those special secret ingredients? Um, well, a lot of our biomass that goes into our compost is our cannabis waste. Hell yeah, man. I was waiting wow. to hear that answer. Yeah. And you know, it makes the most sense to me because you're growing these plants and you've got your stalks, your stems, your leaves, your flowers. The only thing that we're taking is the flower mm -hmm. and, you know, matter can't be created or destroyed in a sense. So, you know, if we're, if we take all the stalks, all the leaves, we compost it, we put it back in that soil, you know, it's like, the nutrient loss is significantly less than if we were to just take it all and throw it away. So we really try to close the loop as much as we can. And um, yeah, plants love plants. So we feed them right back. Yeah. Uh, something that really bothers me during the fall is people that will scoop up their leaves into trash bags and throw them away and then use like store-bought fertilizer to fertilize uh like you know their garden like you just you just threw away all those nutrients man 
matter may not be able to be created or destroyed, but it can certainly be wasted. Um, and that's what people are doing. And that's what landfills are doing. So I yeah, appreciate it, you not doing that. It bothers me greatly. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's it's just throwing money away. It's throwing so. a lot of things away besides money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's so many uses for cannabis waste in quotation marks. None of it is waste. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of people out there that are making different medicines with it, making salves, and people are juicing the leaves and consuming it. Um, there's a company in California that's making walking sticks out of the cannabis stalks. Oh hell yeah, amazing! Um, yeah, it's it's great. There's just there's endless possibilities for different you know, medicines and different forms that we get from this plant other than just smokable flour and concentrates. Agreed. And, you know, even the seeds are full of omega-3 fatty acids, which I think your body can't make, and that's why we have to get them from other places. So, you know, there's there's so much more to this plant than just the thing you can smoke, but, you know, everyone seems to focus on that bit. Because that's the, that's yeah, the fun part. Totally. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there's so much we don't know. I mean, there's hundreds of cannabinoids and we only really talk about two of them. So, you know, I, I, I'm looking forward to a day where the legality of it is where we need it to be to further research in these different constituents of the plant. And I'm excited to be alive now and know that I have a lot of life left in me to, to be here when we, when we really start to learn more about the, the medicinal potential of this plant because i think that we're just really barely scratching the surface right now agreed do you use anything like um you seem you seem a little crunchy i don't mean that in a bad way i mean that in a complimentary way but do you ever take like like household scraps and whatnot in food um and contribute to the compost pile or are you just trying to keep things exclusively uh you know cannabis based Oh no, I, I do. Um, we are, so our food scraps primarily go in our vermicompost system. So we use uh, worms to break down our food scraps and then I'll incorporate that compost into our thermophilic piles after it's done cooking and to help cure it. So, and by, for, for anybody listening who doesn't know a thermophilic compost system is you're basically creating heat to help break down the matter and also sanitize any potential pathogens. Horses so, can get drunk off of fermenting grass piles, which is how I know about thermo, because um, <laughs> it creates yeah. uh, ethanol or um, some yeah, kind of alcohol. Grass, grass gets real hot. Those nitrates, they like to cook. So, I wonder if you could light a joint with a, a hot pile of grass. Oh, probably not. <laughs> That's probably a, a wet heat. I think it might. I think it would probably catch on fire first. I know wood chips get really hot. Um, there's actually, uh, I, 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 a while back, I watched a permaculture video about a guy who actually made a hot tub heated from a compost pile of wood chips. And if I remember correctly, he was able to maintain a heat of 104 plus degrees in his hot tub for wow. around eight, eight months from a single pile of wood chips just plumbing a pipe of water through there so. sorry i'm just writing down wood chip hot tub guys so i can look this up later yeah i think it will come right up if you if you type that in <laughs> yeah 
All right. So move. I only have a couple questions left. Um, so when you talk about living soil, is that difficult to do when you take away, like, I'm assuming you're not, you know, growing through holes in the ground. I assume you're doing it in some kind of planter. Um, so does that yeah, add a level of difficulty? Um, yes. So the major difference between growing indoor and outdoor or direct in the ground and in planters is that you you're containing all of the soil so the potential for food is limited to whatever you put in it whereas when you're growing in native soil there's a lot going on underneath that plant where it's able to sequester nutrients from a much farther distance away so you know we grow in big raised beds indoor and you know we've got we try to give the plants as much soil as we possibly can to really help us to decrease the chances of them running out of any food through an entire cycle and mm -hmm. limit the amount that we have to amend. But at a certain point, you know, we do have to add back in food. So there is a finite amount of it as opposed to growing in native soil where, you know, the, the microbial life and our water table, it, it, it it'll bring nutrients in. So it's kind of like scuba diving for plants. You know, yeah, they're, totally. they're just kind of hanging out. And then when they start running out of the stuff that keeps them alive, you got to intervene. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, we, we, we do some outdoor growing and we do have to do some minor amending, but we're, we're much more focused on our microbial inputs outdoor and really relying on those microbes to do the heavy lifting for us. And, do the grocery shopping, so to speak. Excellent. Uh, my final question has to do with organic gardening. Um, so going to college, the one thing that I know for sure is that organic is kind of a term that people like to throw around. Um, and the only thing that organic means scientifically, this, I mean, this could be out of date by now, um, is that it is made out of carbon. So when you talk about organic gardening, what is there like a, I know like the main Mavga, I think they can certify something as being organic. How does how does that work with cannabis? Um, so yeah, I I I really cultivate according to my moral standards, which I think are a lot more strict than Mavga. Um so any anything that anything that I put into my beds is is certified organic, it's OMRI listed or it's Mafka certified. So we're not using, we're, we're essentially just not using anything, anything synthetic. Um, and, you know, all of our amendments are all plant and mineral based. So they're, they're raw, they're not processed in any way. Um, but, you know, like, for example, sulfites are OMRI listed. So like potassium sulfate, um, ferroous sulfate, and that's that's kind of the gray area of organics that I'm I, I go back and forth on if I truly think that that should be something that we're allowed to use in organic cultivation, just strictly based on the carbon footprint of the processing of it. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, nobody's hands are clean. There is no sustainability in the cannabis industry, unfortunately. I mean, I've I've got lights. You know, I'm not sustainable for that reason alone, but I do everything that I can to decrease my carbon footprint as much as I possibly can. And in order for any of us to strive for that goal, we need to grow organically. 
I think that's a really good note to end on, unless you'd like to say something else that we didn't get to touch on. Uh, I think I think I can't think of anything else. Yeah, I'm just thinking that was a pretty powerful mic drop moment. Um, I wish I had that sound effect just just here, just the sound of a microphone <laughs> hitting the floor. Um, yeah, that's that's something I agree with. I I'm a fan of harm reduction, so like legalizing prostitution, um, or sorry, legalizing sex work, uh, having needle exchanges, people wearing seatbelts—that's harm reduction. And I think I think that what you're trying to practice practice is also harm reduction. People people are always going to want cannabis. Um, and there right. may not be, you know, a sustainable way to do that now, but, you know, we need to take those little steps because those little steps lead to big steps. Right. And I think that, you know, at the end of the day, we're creating a medicine here for us, for human beings. And if we're creating that with unnecessarily detrimental practices towards our planet, then we don't deserve that medicine, just plain and simple. Once again, I'm nodding. Uh, well, I think that's a good uh, point to leave it on as any. Um, where would you like people to find you? So right now we are at Herbal Remedies in Gorham. And we're also in um, Kind & Co over in Westbrook. And I do have a patient form on my website, symbioticcultures.me. And I am always happy and open to um, meeting up directly with patients. Um, so if anyone's interested in that, you can shoot me an email through that patient form. Lovely. That is all the time we have. Thanks for listening. Our theme music is The Irish Washerwoman as arranged by Maylee Charles. You can find Potlucky on Apple Music, Google Music, and Spotify. We also have an Instagram page. Feel free to post pictures of your smoking materials and tag me in them at Potlucky Podcast. Like what we do and want to see us grow? Consider supporting us on Anchor.fm. You will hear from me next week. Derek, unfortunately, will be elsewhere. So let's say goodbye together. Goodbye. Bye.